Welcome to F World Podcast, Episode 11, Corona Special Part 2. So, um, here we are. A few more weeks have passed. It doesn't look like much, um, like there's much chance of getting out of self-quarantine or quarantine or even lockdown that's coming up. I believe it's just going to keep getting more serious. And... um, to all the first responders and hospital staff and doctors out there, I just wanted to appreciate what you do. And, you know, my job is pretty boring and not essential, really, I guess. Um, I probably shouldn't admit that in public. Um, don't tell anybody. But, you know, for me, going to work was it was kind of worrying, you know, and I was worried about it. Um, but these people have to go to work. And it's good that they do, and I really appreciate what they do. That being said, if I give you any advice, I'm going to try to be accurate with my information. And if you have any health concerns, let me start off by saying, last time I said that if you have diabetes, you should continue getting dialysis. Um, you should be in your best health. So I'm not a doctor. Um, so my advice is it's best to talk to your doctor and check with it. A lot of doctors will check you out by looking at you through, um, you know, Zoom, video health, telehealth, Doxy is another one. So they can check on you and see if you're potentially um, somebody who has coronavirus before they can help you for other things. That being said, there are a lot of things like the flu and ear infections are going around. It's a really miserable time of year. So let's begin officially. Now they're saying that you need a face mask to go out. So they say that even fabric helps. So this means that, you know, you can tie and make, you could use a scarf. Uh, You can take a slice of fabric and, you know, um, sew it or just wrap it around your face even. I suppose if you're not really inclined to use a sewing machine like me, then maybe that's something you could do. Here's one thing I was going to mention last time I forgot. People have talked about making their own hand sanitizer. And generally, hand sanitizer is alcohol that's above 60% alcohol content. Um, Technically, it could be any alcohol, almost. Um, And adding some aloe vera gel and some glycerin. So here's the thing. Because the alcohol in the hand sanitizer has to be above 60% for it to be effective, because the coronavirus and other viruses have a lipid layer, okay? So it has like this fat layer and the I believe the alcohol dries that out or eats away at that and then the virus will deteriorate. So that's how it works. Um, they say don't recommend making your own hand sanitizer and I believe the reason why is because once you finish with a final product by adding your aloe vera gel or whatever, um, you don't know how powerful it is. And here's the thing you don't know if your hand sanitizer will be effective. You can't prove it. So I would say if you want to make your own hand sanitizer, do it for fun. (laughs) Just see what you can get away with. Um, But don't rely on it and don't hurt yourself. Please don't set the alcohol on fire. You could use Everclear um, if you could get your hands on that. It's 200 proof alcohol. So that means that the actual alcohol is 100%. So if you have a uh, you know, one measuring cup of it, then you would want one measuring cup of that solution to have no more than 
40% of that one cup being. So like, let's say you pour three cups, three measuring cups in like a kitchen measuring cup of alcohol and then add one measuring cup worth of aloe vera. So that would be underneath the, um, that would be only 25% aloe vera and that would be under your limit or, you know, 60, 40, but less than 40 for the aloe vera. So just as a hobby, like I said, you would never know if you really got it right and chances are it would probably hurt your skin. Um, so here's the thing. Um, I've been getting my mail and I've noticed that a lot of, um, you know, people in the area, they get their mail too in my apartment complex. Um, there's a lot of older people there and, um, you know, they don't seem to be too concerned about it. They seem to be, feel pretty safe about it. I'm not so worried. I don't necessarily see them going outside, but I don't see them wearing masks and I see them all going to the mailroom at the same time of day. So, you know, I, I really worry about it. Um, I worry about things too much, but um, for me, I feel really worried going to the mailroom like that. Um, so what I can say is this, um, you know, try to go to the mailroom, maybe a few hours at the end of the day, maybe at night um, when everybody has gone. Um, I guess you could get your mail early before anyone else does if you get there right when the mail person comes. Um, but the problem with that is then the mail, if the mail had like coronavirus on it, then you would be getting it immediately. It doesn't hurt to have your mail sitting in your mailbox for a little while. I think for the most part, the mailman is not going to take your mail back and return it to sender unless you wait way too long. But maybe you could go get your mail like every two or three days. Um, and then what I recommend is taking your mail and having piles in your garage or in your closet somewheres where you don't go. Preferably, you know, if you have like a room where you enter your apartment or house, um, don't bring the mail all the way through your house. Set the mail in that place and keep it secluded and quarantined away from yourself as much as possible. Set it in piles, okay? So let's say I go get the mail day one um, of this cycle. I get the mail and I put it in a box, day one box, okay? And then the next day I go and get the day two box and get the next day's mail and I put it in day two box. And then you have three boxes, uh, day three, get the third box. And on the third day, you can open the mail from day one. So doing this and cycling through a mail quarantine system may help um, prevent you from getting uh, coronavirus from your mail. Um, you could also, if you can set it somewhere, like if you have a balcony, you could set the mail on your balcony and where it's exposed to sunlight. Sunlight is also supposed to stop the uh, killing, it should also kill the viruses. So, um, that's one thing I've been doing, um, quarantining my mail. Um, all right, so here's another thing. Um, if you're struggling with depression or anxiety, I mean, you know, maybe you're new to depression and anxiety. Maybe you've never had it before. Um, I think that going forward, a lot of people are going to have mental health problems. I think that the next big thing that we're going to have is a worldwide health, uh, mental health crisis. A lot of people are going to be really scared of germs going forward. And where does it all 
go? How does it all happen? Are people going to be okay? Are people going to just bite the bullet and go back to work someday? Now, they haven't figured out if coronavirus will, um, if you can get it twice or three times. I've heard that it's possible that if you get it twice, it might be more powerful the next time you get it. So, boy, until we have some kind of real solution that you can rely on, I just wonder how well people are going to trust that solution. How well, how safe are people going to feel? We'll have to see. So it doesn't hurt to seek help. Um, there are some things out there. Um, there's some organizations for mental health. There's one called the Empowerment Exchange, which is good. Um, and a lot of places are doing um, free mental health through Zoom, through telesessions. Um, it's okay to seek help. Uh, you know, I think that it's seeking help is not a sign of weakness. Instead, it's a sign of a person who wants and prefers to survive and who wants to get better. So also uh, every day, you know, give yourself small pleasures and a routine, routine every day. Use Siri, use your Amazon Echo, use your Google Home, set up reminders for you to do certain things and then try to stick to those reminders and just take every day, minute by minute, hour by hour, um, don't just watch TV or Netflix all day. Um, instead, create something. Make a finger painting, for heaven's sakes. I mean, it doesn't matter. Maybe you're not good at things. Um, you know, make some arts and crafts and do it every day or every once in a while, every three days or something. Whatever you do, you should try to be constructive. It's very good for you. Uh, if you have children, um, you can use the reminders to uh, on your Google Calendar and all that to... Uh, to do schoolwork and to take them for a walk. Um, I have kids and I know people who have don't have kids and everyone is working really hard and struggling too much or too little t and has or has too little time alone or too much time alone. And the best option for everybody would really be if you could have both. I think people who have families and children, individuals feel like they need to just go and get away from other people, that's fine. You should do that. You know, work together with your wife or your partner, your spouse, uh, husband, and go do that. Um, and let them do that too. Don't put yourself selfishly first, but you know, we're a team. That's how we have to do it. And if you're someone who's alone, then, you know, do telehealth sessions. Um, uh, find find ways that you can interact with people through online groups. Meetup.com has meetups. Some of the meetups are starting to use online sessions. I actually have a comic book meetup and I'm going to start doing online sessions with that just to talk to people. And I think that would be a lot of fun. And I don't want to tell you what to do exactly, but you know, these are just some ideas. Um, and if you do go out, like I said, make sure you wear a mask. Um, Online grocery delivery. Here's another thing. Some people just are really afraid of online shopping for groceries or don't understand how it works or online banking, and that's okay. I mean, you've not had to use it, but I highly recommend the online grocery delivery. It's very cool, um, and they're very busy right now, obviously, but what I recommend is you know logging into a grocery store near you uh, or download the app, go to their website, and you know, go to online shopping. Now, here's the thing. If you've never done this before and it's concerning or scary to you, just imagine like it's shopping on Amazon. 
I mean, not everybody has shopped on Amazon, but I think a lot of people have. Um, but if you're someone who has shopped on Amazon but has not done online shopping for your grocery store, just pretend you're doing Amazon. And then um, when you check out, you'll tell where you want the groceries delivered. I wouldn't necessarily do curbside pickup, especially if you're in, an, in a health risk group. I would recommend doing the delivery and then quarantining your groceries. So when your groceries come, you may have frozen and or refrigerated items. If you have a cooler, you can set them in your fridge. Uh, I'm, not, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say fridge. You can set the cooler in your garage or someplace in your house uh, away from where you are and set them in the cooler for maybe three days. And then you can take them and use them. So this way, it reduces a lot of the risk of coronavirus existing. You can set some of your groceries out in the sunshine. Like I said, for the mail on the balcony, that works too. Um, for online banking, now let's talk about online banking. You can um, go to your bank's website or download an app for your bank. And it's a lot like email. You may have to create a login and user ID. Or if you're already doing online banking, maybe you just haven't done the bill pay. Go to the bill pay where you'd add a click on bill pay and you know set up somebody being a pay someone you want to pay, like maybe your landlord, and then uh, send the payment. Now you enter their address, you enter their name, the account that you have with them. So it's not your account. It's like let's say you live in apartment ninety five. So your account with that landlord would be, you know, Jones Apartment 95 or something like that. Just make it up. It doesn't have to be precise, but it should help identify who you are to that person. And then you can also send an email to the landlord, a uh, text message, or call them and tell them that you sent them the online payment. If you sent an online payment and they don't receive it, then um, what you should do is, you know, go into the online banking where you made the payment and say, you know, the sender did not receive it. Um, maybe a little bit of legwork, but once you get it going, it's really very worth very worth it, very valuable because the bank even pays for mailing cost. So right there, if you're somebody who likes to save money, that's really cool. Um, you also don't have to keep track of your checks as much because it pretty much comes out of your account as soon as you send it and then it's accounted for. So you don't have to balance it. Um, well, you can write it in your register if you want, but it is out of your bank. Um, what I recommend is sending yourself a dollar. Send yourself a dollar to start out, and then you can see how it works. You'll see that the check comes to you in two or three days. It's pretty good. Um, that's it for, for this episode. Um, here's another thing. I also did write an Apocalypse Survival Guide book back in 2012, it's available on Amazon. Um, you could probably get it. I need to add it to my bookshelf, actually. My bookshelf, you can go to um, perseverse.com. It's P-U-R-S-E-I-V-E-R-S-E.com. Um, -E -E so it's like purse and universe mashed together. Um, yeah, and that's my bookshelf. So anyway, thank you very much. And don't forget to, you know, uh, check this podcast out. You can also listen to it on iTunes and Spotify. And um, you can also follow me on Facebook. I do a lot of other projects, um, just my hobby. 
And I'm also on YouTube as Simprilliant, uh, S-A-M-P-R-I-L-L-I-A-N-T, Simple and Brilliant. All right, thank you very much, and um, take care and be safe.